Welcome to the Mary D Show. I'm your host, Mary D, here to be your guide as we extract wisdom and life lessons from thought leaders, artists, spiritual luminaries, and wellness experts. In 2018, I healed from breast cancer without the use of chemotherapy or pharmaceuticals. I love biohacking and plant medicine and what it means to be in relationship with spirit so that we can feel whole and complete. I wanna sprinkle you with some hope dust, tickle your funny bone and inspire you to find your inner roar. Get ready to live your most aligned, purposeful and joy-filled life now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I have a really special guest today. Her name is Julia Mick. She is the founder and CEO of Solinement Institute, also personal advisor to high-level executives. If you don't already know her, Julia works with successful coaches, high-level executives, and corporate leaders to help them step into their global impact and thrive in their health and relationships at the same time. Imagine that, that you can have both at the same time. She also believes that all areas of one's life must thrive in order to experience true wealth. Julia's experiences instantly change people's lives. Her clients come from all over the world to experience the power of the soul alignment process, receive deep emotional and physical healing, and step into the full power of their purpose to create a legacy for generations to come. Many have said that it's like no other personal development work style out there. It's very powerful, incredibly efficient, and quick in its ability to break through stagnant patterns for good. And I have actually had the honor and privilege of sitting through a soul alignment process. So I want to say thank you. Thank you for coming to the show. I'm excited to share today what it is that you do and who you are. So welcome to the show. Thank you. So good to be here. Amazing. Amazing. So let's dive right in. Julia, what do you know now that you wish you had known before you started Soulignment, before you started down this journey? I think one of the first things I would have wanted to know that it's totally okay to be different. And it's even okay to not fit in, which I know might sound radical, but I was spending so much time and energy trying to fit in, trying to be like, trying to get approval, trying to make sense to others. It was an enormous waste of my time and energy. And it took away from my authenticity, from my power, from my unique message to the world that really nobody else has. Beautiful. What do you think were some of the pieces along the way? Like when you look back and connect the dots, what are some major points in your life that you look at and you go, oh, this was a shift for me? I have a few intense stories, but I'll share one of them. It was about 15 years ago when I was already pretty well known and I was traveling the world, giving many workshops. Thousands of people's lives were changing. Truly, in the work I did, chronic pain was going away, miraculous physical healing. People were releasing grief that no psychotherapist could help them release. People were stepping into the highest purpose, understanding their mission in this life. And it was all glorious, but I started getting more and more sick. And at first, it didn't even matter to me. I was like, whatever, I'm making a difference in the world. So what? I'm sick. But it got worse and worse. I became bulimic. I became deeply depressed. Even that didn't stop me. I'm making a difference in people's lives. That's the most important thing, like martyr syndrome 101. And after one workshop, another really successful workshop, I went to my hotel room and I sat on the bed and all of a sudden I got this vision that was this full-on 
visual, auditory, visceral download that showed me that if I did not stop what I was doing, I would get cancer. Not one of those easier cancers that easily goes away, but cancer where I could die. And that was one thing that utterly terrified me. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm willing to be bulimic. I'm willing to be depressed, but I'm not willing to have cancer. And that's what shocked me awake. And I realized I had to stop that pattern of basically overgiving and running myself ragged. And I let go of my business, my students, my clients. I let go of everything to fully devote myself to healing myself first. And I already had a lot of tools and skills, but none of the tools I had that were helping thousands of others actually were able to help me have a breakthrough. So I had to go to a whole next level of understanding how to work through addiction, which bulimia is one of the hardest addictions I ever had to deal with, how to work through deep ancestral patterns and imprints, how to work with very early trauma from childhood. And even though it was extremely hard at that time, it actually taught me a lot that now allows me to help people even more. So I'd say that was one of my biggest breakthroughs where I had to come back to myself and my power in a way that was just unquestionable. I had to find it. Otherwise, I could have died. Mm, got it. Julia, let me ask you a question. Are you familiar with human design? Just a tiny bit, not so a much. Bit. Do you know what your profile is? Not really. Something about receiving and responding. Okay. Okay. Just curious because my profile is what's called a projector. And in that particular profile, if I operate out of my energy, which is operating in a basically in another person's profile, then it means that I could get sick and then I'm likely to get sick by the time I hit 40. And when I look back on my life, I can see where I was definitely, definitely operating out of my design. So for anyone that's listening that is familiar with human design, I was operating as a generator, but I'm actually a projector and projectors mm -hmm. are meant to rest. We're meant to wait for the invitation. And so that was interesting because I actually got breast cancer at 40 years old. Mm -hmm. And as I sat with that, I sat with it, with the discomfort of it. I sat with the reflection of it. And I sat with the, of course, wanting to know why. And I feel like in these situations, when we have any kind of illness, sickness, even a headache, we can often sit with it and go, where did I go wrong today? Or where have I been going wrong or been going down a path where perhaps I have not stopped to fill my cup? And also there's the other side of it, which is people go, wow, we don't know why some people get cancer and why some people don't. And then other times we very clearly know why they did, you know, maybe a lot of chemicals in something, et cetera. But in my particular case, I was living a healthy lifestyle. I was very proud of that. And it was a very big jar to my ego to also go, oh, how did I get breast cancer? This is crazy. How? I don't eat McDonald's every day. I don't deserve this. And I realized when I learned about design and how it works, I was like, oh, okay. I haven't been operating in this like really beautiful blueprint that's been laid out for me. And what if I shifted things? And it's been beautiful because this whole second part of my life, I've made some really big shifts. And it's fascinating to me to watch how the invitations show up how easily that the the finances flow, how easily the work flows, how easily the rest flows. And it's been a beautiful shift out of what I thought 
needed to be hustle and first one in, last one out, like all of these things that actually were not fuel for me. And in the right design, that works for someone. But in my design, it does not. And that was a really, really grand shift that I was so grateful for because now I can sit here, you know, way on the other side of breast cancer, fully healed and say, "Mm, yeah, like I know, I know exactly how I'm doing things differently. And it's about filling our cup first. And sometimes we have to go find that next level for us, whatever it is, you know, in in doing healing work. I think that for any healers that are listening, because we definitely have those on the line, this is a really great opportunity to pause and say, where am I so busy helping others that I'm creating this martyr? You know, like you said, I'm creating this martyrdom of some sort. I'm so self-righteous in how I'm a martyr to help heal others but I'm not taking the time for myself. And, you know, there are a lot of mothers who are like that and healers. And I also work with a lot of corporate leaders that are all mainstream corporate. And even they can be martyr, even though they would never admit it. But right. where right. they overgive, where they lose themselves is to their business. Mm-hmm. The business becomes more important than them. Profit margin becomes more important than them. And then they get sick and burn out and miserable. Relationships fall apart. Loved ones leave. Like it's the real problem. And I love how you spoke of that design, our true, most authentic design. I often call it genius zone. Like really our thriving just simply depends on us aligning with who we are and sticking to it, not leaving our true authentic power and being able to express it the way that it needs to be expressed. Like one thing I am very well known for is actually working with nervous system. And in the nervous system, there is a whole understanding of genius zone. So if somebody really goes deep into the nervous system world that affects our personality, affects our energy level, affects our health, there's ability we have to find our genius zone. And in this genius zone, we are completely healthy, full of energy, empowered, courageous, eased. And it's connected to what you were saying. It's connected to our connection to our true, most authentic design. And the sickness, illness, misery only happens when we leave it. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it's very simple, yep. but it's not necessarily easy because we have right. so much conditioning from childhood. Be like someone else. Do right. what your mom and dad want you to do. Do what your teachers want you to do. It's always this training about how to be different. And then we spend the rest of our adulthood trying to unwind this conditioning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. It's the spend most of your life learning only to come back with the great awakening, learning that you're like, oh, I get to unlearn so many things. <laughs> life is a process of unlearning these days more than it is learning sometimes. Yeah. And in your own journey, like what happened for you? Was there anything specific that happened to you that was your literal call to action? Your like come to Jesus moment of like, okay, I'm really I am going to get make myself sick. Like, what was it? Like, were you just starting to feel bad? Did, you know, someone say something to you that, you, did you have a dream? Like, what would you say was the moment? Well, I'd say that that story I shared, that was like one of the most profound moments for me where I had to make a change. Another moment way earlier, before I stepped into my healing teaching gifts, was when I had the spiritual awakening during a three-day live workshop And I was pretty depressed by then. I was 
stuck in anorexia. That was a whole different world. I was really young. I was in my early 20s and I had tremendous amount of self-hatred, anorexia, mm-hmm. like depression, not feeling good about myself at all, thinking I'm just defective and broken. And I started searching for a lot of modalities to help myself. And not much help, like everything helped temporarily. But I went to this one event that was about breath. And the way I was taken through this very powerful breathwork experience completely changed my life. So it had this profound spiritual awakening to it where I realized power I really am. Not that I have power, but I am power. And the higher purpose I have in this lifetime, the true capacity to serve the world, and it was all experientially so clear that it put my life onto a completely different trajectory where I started taking action on why I'm even here, which really was to help people to find their own power and live in the mission and legacy they're here to create. So I would say that was one moment that was a major breakthrough and it happened with the help of this very profound modality with the breath. And they fell in love with the breath. So what I teach now very often has a component of this very powerful breathwork journey. I call it alignment breath process. And I give my own three-day events that are based on alignment breath process because it's this accelerated way of breaking through the layers of resistance, fear, doubt, and giving people a direct connection to who they are. And they know you had a little bit of an experience of that work I did at a big event. Yeah. And it, it's something that I believe in, that it has to be experiential. At least I tend to draw people that already have a lot of knowledge. They might be already speakers themselves, writing books that could be really well-known. So it's not that problem that they don't understand in their mind what they have to do. The problem is they cannot embody. They cannot embody their courage or power or peace or knowing their worth. The missing piece is in their embodiment, and that's where I come in. Mm-hmm. But embodiment, in my opinion, is the key. Because just knowing something is not going to let you necessarily do it. Like, if you know you have to action, you have to make this phone call. If you know you've got to write the book, but you never do it. Oh, well, like, what's the point of knowing you write a book if you're never able to actually execute it? Right. I tend to come in when people know what to do, but they're not able to do it. They're getting in their own way. That's where I get in. Beautiful, beautiful. So if someone has a block, yes. And they might know what the block is. They might have no clue. They just know that they keep getting stuck and they're not able to create that life or reach that goal that they really want to reach. So good. Yeah, and I think it's beautiful because if you have yourself had to deal with addiction of any kind, you have, I'm sure, a lot of compassion for other people who are also in that same situation whatever their addiction is. And I know that that can be such a, such a rough path, but I also know it can be a beautiful path to a lot of healing when people embrace that journey. And I really resonate with your message around alignment because it's definitely one of the things that I teach as well, that it's about having our values and knowing our truth, living in alignment with what that is. I hear so many stories about young adults who will for the sake of, you know, the visual with their parents who might be religious, if the parents said, hey, you can't live with your future spouse or you can't live with your boyfriend, they will go rent a place, pay rent to an empty house while they're living with their boyfriend so that when the parents come visit, 
or so that they have a separate address so that they can show, oh, I don't live with my boyfriend. I have my own place, even though they're never there. And I go, wow, that is literally living a lie. It's literally not living in your own truth, adult, for the purpose of what? Are your parents going to disown you? Are they going to hate you? In most cases, no. You know, and then just the living so out of alignment in that area means you have to literally live a lie. And then when your parents ask you about it, you have to continue to nourish the lie. And then what, right? It becomes a perpetual cycle. And so how many people do that in, in so many other areas of their life that like you were talking about successful entrepreneurs, right? They may be great at doing business, but they go throw themselves into business all day long, but their relationships are really suffering. They never see their kids. They don't know how to make those connections. So how do we remove those blocks? And part of the soul alignment process is to help people do that, right? That's correct. And I so appreciate the, the example you're bringing, the empty house that somebody is paying for. It's so perfect in my mind because so many leaders I see, their life is kind of an empty house. Mm. It's actually empty. It doesn't have real meaning, real fulfillment, real thriving. It's just a visual. It's just a mask for the world, for the world to like them, for the world to approve them, for the money to come to them. But actually deep inside, they feel empty. I have private VIP clients that are extremely successful, like eight, nine figures easily. And people look up to them. They're like, whoa, whoa, teach me how you're doing this. But when they work with me and they get to be honest for a change, they say, I, I don't feel seen. People have no idea who I am. Mm -hmm. Playing a role. Right. Playing a role is the most lonely thing there is. Right. A lot of leaders, and I have noticed that the more successful they are, the more it happens, they feel deeply lonely and mm -hmm. alone inside. Yeah. Because they're playing a role and they actually are not fulfilled within. And the question is why? What's the why for somebody to live in a big empty house? And one of the main whys I have found in my 20 plus years of experience mm -hmm. is that deep inside, they don't know their worth or value. Because when somebody knows their worth and value in the bones, they don't give a shit if somebody likes them or not. So right. if you don't like me, bless your heart. Mm -hmm. Because they like themselves so, so deep within. But it's usually subconscious and most people can't even get access to it until they work with me. Because on a surface level, they're like, I'm good, I'm confident, I'm wonderful, I'm successful. But if you're playing a role, and you're not living in your authentic power, ask yourself, why? Why is that? Why not to show who you really are to the world? Right. And the answer usually is that it's scary to show who you really are because then people could judge you, make you wrong, disown you. It takes tremendous courage to go that deep in your healing work, in your inner work, and own and claim your unique power to be. Yes. Yeah, and to be authentically yourself and own it. Own all parts of it. It doesn't have to be beautiful all the time. Sometimes there are some ugly parts that we get to own for ourselves and as well. This comes in. And then That's really right. the right. very next expression is, I know exactly what I'm here to do. What's my highest purpose? What's my mission? What's my legacy for future generations? That becomes so clear and obvious. 
So some clients have worked with come to me for that. Like, I'm successful. I have created 10 companies, but what's next? I don't know what's next. What am I really here for? I want to do something meaningful. And as soon as they plug into their true power and authentic connection to their soul or their inner self, their purpose becomes crystal clear. And the courage to live it and express it becomes obvious. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I'm noticing in the world today is there are people who are clear about their purpose or they're, they're very much on the, they know what path they can take to get there or the next step even to step into it, but they're scared to do it or they're scared of what other people might think because it's going to create an identity shift for them. It requires them to shed off this old identity of everyone knows me for this. So how do I shed that and walk into actually who I truly am? And that takes some bravery, right? Because we have these imaginary like golden handcuffs in who people think we are. And to stay in that character, though, is so out of alignment because we don't ever get to break free of that shell. We don't ever get to take off that mask. And I think the part of the journey is the trail that it takes to get to the point where we do say, I'm going to take off this mask. I can shed off this identity, whatever I think it is, whatever everyone else thinks it is, and emerge as my true authentic self and show up in the world to live my highest purpose. It takes tremendous courage. Like people who let themselves be different and unique and pave their own unusual path. I have such respect for them because I know it takes complete courage. And to me, that's true power. Just to be liked by others, be successful financially and, you know, own three companies. It's like, I don't know if that's true power. That's just your ability to make people like you. But true power is to be unique, different, and actually stand out in a way where some people don't like you. Some people might utterly hate you. And do you love yourself and value yourself enough that you stay true to why you're actually here that's on right. this planet Earth in this lifetime? Yeah, to truly know who you are, own it, and love, love every piece of it. Uh, fun fact about you is that you love to dance in your words like a wild woman. And what is the other thing that you do when you're dancing like a wild woman? What's the other thing I do when I dance like a wild woman? It might be a face that you make. Oh, I like to stick my tongue out sometimes. <laughs> For me, that's exactly connected to our conversation. Yes. For me, the way I use my body's movement is exactly that. It's like, how can I let myself have complete courage to look weird, look ugly, look strange and not care. Because deep inside, I feel so solid about my value and I love myself so much that I can be truly free. And to me, that's true freedom. Like I know I said it's courage, it's power, but it's also true freedom. And I just wish for people to experience the freedom that comes with it. It's, it's incomparable to anything else. I agree. I had the practice for a while. I was living in California before, now I'm in Colorado. I had a practice that was really edgy for me. I made myself go to a public park, you know, where people walk the dogs and hang out with kids. And I put in a headset and I listened to a song and I went wild. I just started dancing in the middle of park like a crazy person. And it was terrifying at first. It terrifying. I was like, what are people thinking of me? They're judging me. But it was like one of the highest spiritual practices, honestly, I had ever done. Because it created so much freedom and confidence and love for me. 
And it actually allowed me to bring myself to the work and world so much more fully without limiting myself because I'm afraid of other people's judgment. Mm. Such a massive limitation for healers, speakers, leaders. Mm. It's one of the biggest limitations. They don't let themselves be free or powerful because they're afraid of what other people think of them. That's right. That's just bad. And then some people die in that state, never having tasted real freedom. Right. I'm like, gosh, please come taste it with me. Mm. So when I do live, when I do my three-day or five-day events, I bring in the dance element. I'm like, yeah, let's meditate in our power, but can you be seen in your wildness? And in the movement, people rewire the neural pathways and start feeling safe to be fully themselves. It's really profound. Beautiful. So beautiful. Well, Julia, thank you so much for coming on the show, giving us a little taste of who you are. For those of you that are really interested in the work that Julia does, check out the show notes. We've got some links in there for you. We also have a free gift for you. And Julia, any words on the free gift, Julia? Free gift is about purpose, power, and prosperity, and how to bring these three pieces together in an embodied way. So I lead you through some exercises, some practices, so you can tap into your purpose, power, prosperity immediately and directly. And once you receive these gifts, you'll also hear about my upcoming live events. I have a five-day event coming up actually in January, and that's another great opportunity to fully taste the power of the particular work. I love it. I love it. I love it. Excellent. Well, like I said, check out the show notes for the link to the free gift. And with that, thank you again for being here today. We're going to close the show today. Don't be shy, folks. We'll have another episode for you next week. And it will be the last show of the season. With that, I want to wish everyone a happy holiday. And God bless you, whatever it is you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's show. I hope that today's session inspires you to live an aligned life where you get to take complete ownership of your feelings and decisions to live in your truth. You can connect with me more at www.maryd.com. You can also catch us on YouTube at The Mary D Show. Head on over to Instagram and Facebook and type in at The Mary D. And just look for the little blue check to ensure you're on my official page. 